0: It's, it's uh, for all intents and purposes, not Adam and Steve.
1: <laughs> it's an escape goat, not Adam and Steve.
0: <laughs> hello, hello, hello again. Welcome back to the Vituation Room Podcast live stream. You're here. I'm here. I haven't left. I've just been sort of reanimated every time I've got to do the show. Uh, What's going on, everyone? Thank you for being here. I hope you guys are good. I hope you're hitting that like button if you are on YouTube. uh, And I feel like a vlogger every time I say that. I hope you're like hitting that like button. And what's up? But I really hope you do. And I hope you're subscribed to this show. And I see you, Holly Rochford. Thank you for the for telling me there's 100 likes. Justin, Vigil, the circus sound music is a great way to get this week started. Because Sunday is the first day of the week. And I'm sticking to that. Um, we have such a good show for you all today. Uh, just, just two amazing guests who... Um, I don't know. They're sort of from, like, two disparate parts of my brain, um, which are both comedy and politics. So Brent Terhune is here, the comedian, and deep fake MAGA man, who has been fooling so many of us, including myself. He is here. You've definitely seen his work, if you don't know him by name. But by the end of this podcast, by God, you're going to know his work. Um, We also have historian Juan Cole, who... I have been following for so many decades, uh, yes, decades, uh, and he is just such a great left thinker, progressive, like anti-war thinker um, when it comes to US foreign policy. And I have a huge um, soft spot I don't know. I'm a just, I'm a policy wonk when it comes to American foreign policy. Uh, and because everything's been so bad in the U S and Trump has just launched wars here at home against us, we don't really get enough time to talk about what we're doing abroad. Um, and I, I'm happy. One of the things I'm looking forward to is actually like thinking about that and focusing on that. So I'm going to ask Juan all about, you know, troops pulling out of Somalia Pentagon firings, is there going to be a coup? You know, basic shit, basic shit. And yes, BM Packer is letting us know, Rudy Giuliani, uh, it wasn't just hair dye leaking out of his head. It might've been his brain. It might, He's um he's been hospitalized. He has COVID. I'm sure he is getting access to all of the uh, experimental treatments that your average American will not have access to. But, um you know- we don't wish ill upon anyone except for <clears throat> Rudy Giuliani. All right. Uh, you guys, you know the show is free. You know the show relies on your support. You know you have tipped so generously. And if you give 20 bucks or more, I'm going to mention your name. But I don't have my list of names right now because I'm an asshole. But a few people, we we to be honest with you, the tip jar was running a little low last week. So I want to make up for that. And by the way, we donate a portion of your tips to a different organization every week. We're going back to however because it's an election year and it's a runoff election year. We're donating to seed the vote because they're getting out the vote in Georgia. Mind you, two runoff elections uh there in January. Early voting starts December 14th. They're knocking doors, yes, safely knocking doors and we've been supporting their work and we want to c- continue to support them. So support This show, we will support Seed the Vote, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App. Thank you in advance, and I am sorry for the people whose names I don't have right now. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, you can super chat, you can subscribe, you can buy bits and badges and lions and tigers and bears. I'm a boomer. (laughs) I don't know what, but I made a few stickers and badges, so you can definitely get those. And of course, that supports this show. And they're cute and fun, whatevs. Um, there was a rally, a Trump rally in Georgia. I'm sure some of you guys saw it. Trump had a hard time sticking to the uh, the script, uh, which was supposed to be about Leffler and Purdue. And Purdue got drowned out by, uh, with calls for defending Trump. Like fight for Trump, the crowd, the unmasked crowd yelled. And uh, that was so fun. And Kelly Leffler was like, we can win with your support. It's like, no, 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 you lost. Is it win or lose? Is it the future of the past? Were you wronged or can you still win? Which is it? Because Trump is saying he was wronged and he actually did win. So let's not talk about future tense because get on his level. The crowd is on his level. The cult is on his level. But Leffler and Purdue are trying to, you know, thread that little needle, trying to win, win their seats. Kelly Loeffler had a, uh, uh, and and Re- uh, Reverend Warnock, they had a debate tonight. Reverend Warnock, I thought, was really good. Kelly Loeffler was like a, like if all the right-wing talking points had been, like, programmed into a Barbie. Like, one of those, like, remember the, like, life-size cricket dolls? Like, you are a socialist Marxist. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, shout out to anyone who remembers what cricket was. Um, but... Warnock was really, really good, and he uh, he said point blank, he was like, so Kelly, like, I he, they could ask each other questions, and he was like, did Trump lose the election? And Kelly was like, here's the thing, um, counting is hard, and she couldn't answer the question yes or no. Anyway, it was a good time, you should watch it. Thank you, David Hernandez, for your $20 super chat, Mwah. love you, really appreciate that. Let's get into it. Real quick, this is what I'm bitching about. Tell me what you're bitching about in the comments. I'm just gonna talk with my Italian hands. Because this is how we do it. The stimulus, you guys. The stimulus, the stimulus wars, the bailout, or as I like to call it, just help, help. And this week, god damn it, the f- the ineptitude between Republicans and them, Republicans who are just straight evil and then Democrats who have zero messaging on how to sell and to get a stimulus package passed and I'm mad because it's a failure and I like there's like the practical part of me that's like well uh, something is better than nothing and then there's the but motherfucker people need money right now maybe we should hold out for something better so just quickly you know we like look we are suffering two pandemics right we've got COVID which is skyrocketing insane. Um, with the number, the total numbers are like 14 million cases in the United States alone in total. Those are only going up 14. You know how I many People are going to be strapped with, uh, con- like health conditions for the rest of their lives. The private insurance industry is going to make a killing off of that. Anyway, so after holding out for so long, right? 2.4 trillion dollars, Pelosi and Schumer are like, no, we can't do anything but 2.4 trillion dollars. We have to have 2.4 trillion dollars in, in COVID relief money. They're nothing less, you know, and holding, you know, Mitch McConnell and Trump. I mean, look, those dudes were never going to pass anything anyway, but they're like, we're you know, this is where we're not moving from. 2.4 trillion dollars. Biden wins the election, and now it's, okay, 900 billion. Uh, no direct payment to Americans only $300 more a week in unemployment benefits instead of $600 more a week, less money for states and local governments, less money for PPP loans, liability protections for businesses. We're talking uh, corporate immunity, essentially. So they're not responsible when they send you to work and put you in danger. And they know that someone's sick or you're sick and they don't give you the time off that you need. All this is in this bill that was floated not by Pelosi and Schumer initially, but by um, uh, Manchin, who's a moderate Democrat, and Romney, who's a moderate Republican. And now Pelosi and Schumer are holding it up as this is the thing we need to do. Well, Mitch McConnell is off on some like, he wants to pass a $500 billion stimulus, so way less money. Folks like Bernie Sanders, AOC, even a Republican from Missouri named Josh Hawley, who's actually kind of a piece of shit, except for when it comes to this, are like, this is not enough. People need money. People need cash money. And the reason I'm mad, look, I do think something is better than nothing and we got to do it immediately for sure. But there's two things. Why, one, why do it now? Why do it when um, you know that if Mitch McConnell still controls the Senate in the new year, he's not going to pass anything else. So maybe you only have one more shot to do something and you better go big or go home or recession or mass, massive unemployment more so than we're having. The second, um, the second is, is that Pelosi, when, when saying why she supported this basically said, well, because Joe Biden's going to be president and the vaccine is coming out. Our, our prayers have been answered. That doesn't solve anything. There is no difference Yes, he believes in science. That's important. He wants to tackle it. That's important. But like people are still hurting from all these months of inaction. So there's a vaccine, which we don't know how it's going to be distributed. And Joe Biden as president is not reason for people needing less. And now I remember the last thing, which is why pass another stimulus under this president when, and we know, we know this, but let me just reiterate, The corruption involved in these PPP loans has been insane. And guess who's benefited? The Trump family, Kushner's, okay? Over 25 PPP loans worth more than $3.65 million were given to businesses with addresses at Trump and Jared Kushner real estate properties, paying rent to those owners. And 15 of the properties self-reported they only kept one job, zero jobs, or did not report a number at all. Okay, that's the PPP loans. Guess who else got a PPP loan? And AOC pointed this out this week. Project Veritas. You guys might know Project Veritas as the ones who like roll up with a camera at a Planned Parenthood and are like, so are you are you doing abortion here? <laughs> <laughs> They're basically like a sting operation for MAGA chuds and they successfully like taken down nonprofits like Acorn um illegitimately, right? These motherfuckers got, what is it? $560,000. Project Veritas, y'all. So the fact that we have no accountability for where this money is going in the first place. It, it absolutely matters because I don't want to sign another check, especially when there's no money going directly to us. Yo, if it was 900 million or billion, excuse me, and it was going to us, like just directly to us circumventing all business. Hey, fuck it. Just give the money to the people. I am actually for that. That I think is a better use of money. I'm like, I'm just, mm, I hate politics. Why do I even do this show? All right. Uh, I promise this is a comedy show at some point. At some point it will be comedy. That point is now because I do not want to be in this void alone beyond with the, with you all, right? We want we need some company here. Um, and I want to just give this man his proper introduction um because he's been making quite a little splash on the social meds. I think, a little too late into the Trump uh, administration, sadly. I kind of want four more years just for just for this.
1: I don't know what happened. I just think we had too many MAGA flags on the boat. I never thought I'd say that, but we had too many MAGA flags on the boat and the wind picked up, the current shifted. I couldn't tell it was port and what was starboard, bunch of other nautical terms happened. One thing led to another and I was in the water and I turned around and she was gone. The S.S. Margaritaville is gone, and I love that boat.
0: (laughs) The S.S. Margaritaville is courtesy of one of Variety Magazine's comics to watch for 2020. He has two number one comedy albums on iTunes, and his Dry Bar Comedy Special drops this Wednesday, December 9th. Please welcome comedian Brent Terhune.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Francesca.
0: It is weird to see you out of character, Brent, because with that last video, you definitely, you fooled me. um, Was that the one?
1: Because you said I got you. Was that the one that got you?
0: That was the, nah, shit, that was the one. That was the one because, you know, Atsuko Akatsuka, the other uh, comic who's been on this show before, tweeted and she was like, the only MAGA the only like MAGA person that I stand mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, that must be because he's hilarious, you know, for, for like unwittingly hilarious. And yeah. I watched it. I fuck that. It wasn't that one. It was, so, I don't know what one it was. It was something else. Cause that one's just too good. That one's like, come on SSS. Well, SS there's something
1: funny, you know, not about the video, but just about a guy crying over a boat or I just love <laughs> when anybody will like, They won't use uh, people's pronouns, but then they'll be like, see my car. Isn't she beautiful? You're like, you just (laughs) did the thing that you won't do.
0: When did you like, uh, first of all, yeah, you're fucking hilarious. I've been enjoying all of these videos and uh, mind you, they always go out with a cough.
1: I tried to. The guys had the Corona 19, as he would call it, for uh, nine months or 10 months, whatever it's been now.
0: I uh, I was making phone calls for, I can't, I think it was back during the primary, so full disclosure, I was making phone calls for Bernie, and I spoke to someone, and she was like, COVID-19, uh-uh, I have a Lysol here, and it says kills the coronavirus, and I was like, oh, okay, so there's That's- multiple coronaviruses, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I was, and it was just like the longest pause on her part, like,
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's also bootleg Lysol. You bought it from some guy in a Target parking lot because you couldn't find any. That's <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, my God. The sprays. You can't find the sprays are going for like one hundred twenty nine dollars on eBay right now. Um, but, Brent, are you are you sick of your character? Did it not come soon enough?
1: Well, tell and, me about uh, his evolution. I the, the first one I did was back when uh, Kaepernick took a knee that so it's been y- a couple of years, but then I switched up the format to make it shorter for Twitter. and that's really where it took off and I was th- like the first ones I did for Twitter were like when Bernie or Barry Sanders wore a, or no, it was Garth Brooks wearing a Barry Sanders jersey and everybody thought it was for Bernie Sanders, which is hilarious. <laughs> So that was one of the earlier ones that I, I started to, you know, I was putting them on Twitter, but none of they weren't short enough to uh, capture people's attention. So but then a year after I did the Kaepernick one, I, he signed a contract with Nike and that one really took off because it was just me burning stuff in my backyard, like essentially what people were doing and while wearing Nikes, which was my favorite part. Uh, yeah.
0: Because I Have you gotten a lot of support from people who actually think you're for real and are like, yes, brother. Yes,
1: I get those, but more so they'll just share it. They don't even write. They just share it. And then I do get people be like, hey, my boss thinks you're real or my (laughs) my uncle thinks you're real.
0: (laughs) And you're in Indianapolis. And what's that like in terms of MAGA country? Is it like one Biden flag, one one MAGA flag?
1: Uh, Home of Mike Pence, not necessarily Indianapolis, but uh, south of here. And uh, there's still Trump flags up even in my neighborhood, there's one of my favorites is not necessarily Trump flag, but it is. It's the American flag that fades into the Confederate flag. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So it's it's like a screensaver that got stuck halfway and <laughs> it blended in.
0: It's like a swipe off. I mean, really, that's what we've been trying to do with the Confederacy. It's just, okay, and uh, star wipe. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah, it just got stuck mid-flag. But there are still, I've I've still seen some, like, trucks with the flags on it. Still. Like, but then I've also seen, like, oh, that house used to be a Trump house. Would, would still be. But their, their signs are gone, at least.
0: Yeah, there's some. Look, I think that... <sighs> I don't, I don't trust any polls, so when people are like, well, 80% of Republicans think the election was stolen, I'm like, uh, eh, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. 80% of the people who wanted to pick up the phone and, you know, talk about how they voted for a losing candidate, you know, like, that, anyway. Um, Brent, we always start the show, uh, not just with one of your glorious videos, because we have shown that before, well, um, <laughs> but with asking our guests what they're bitching about this is the situation room. You heard me bitch about the stimulus or the help, help Mm -hmm. not being on the way. What are you, what are you bitching about?
1: Well, I mean, always just whenever I go out and I, you know, I'm, I'm going to bitch about me and people like me, but also it's because of certain people that still aren't wearing a mask. And like you, now I've just learned to say things with my eyes. Like when (laughs) you see somebody just no mask coughing in public, and like, you just, you get that squint and you just want to, you want to say motherfucker with your eyes. Like you want to say it, but you don't say, so you say it with your eyes. And then also I, you know, the other bitches, people that are still astounded that people aren't wearing masks. Like at this point, if you don't know, and that's, I'm in that group where I'm like, look, look at that guy. He's not wearing a mask, but I'm also like, I'm not surprised. We've come this far with people that will, you know, support, you know, Everything that the president has done and still, you know, but you know, the other thing that I'm, I'm bitching about besides mass, here's a little one that's lighter
0: Yeah,
1: is my neighbors across the street. I don't know if you've met these people, but, uh, by the way,
0: they're having the exact same conversation about you right now. They're like that guy.
1: I know this ginger that's got too much forehead. Let me tell you about this guy. (laughs) Uh, the neighbors across the street. Are you familiar with the movie, a Christmas story?
0: Yeah, oh god. Um yeah.
1: Okay. The well their na- their next-door neighbors they they're called the Bumpuses because they have no less than I think he says 75 smelly dogs. And my neighbors have I think they have three German shepherds, which I'm a dog fan. I like dogs, but they yeah. bark all the time. Like you can look across the street and they they'll be barking and you can see the windows rattle. The Bumpuses like- bump bumpuses i think Bumpus. is what that, yeah so now my wife and i will be like oh yeah the you see the bumpuses are home like we that's what their names are now uh and just and then they had a, a guy move in next door to them and you can hear that guy yell over his fence at the bumpuses to be like that he literally will yell shut up at the dogs like it makes a difference
0: like it ever like if you really want them to shut up just go take them for a walk yeah that's all like, you got i don't i don't get why people have dogs Uh, I, if they don't actually want to walk them or like do anything with them or they're just like, go to your house, go live in your house outside in the rain. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Those people that have an, uh, you know, dogs outside. You're like, come on, man. You don't want to, you're living in a a 10 foot circle of whatever, you filth and also go play with that dog.
0: Play with your dog, dude. Get it, like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, what are they for? Unless you have, like, sheep and, like, they're herding. Like, or they need to be outside for some sort of, yeah, gaming reason. I don't understand people not playing with their dogs. I'm not saying sleep with your dog. But, like, you know, don't just leave them chained up barking all the time. (laughs) so annoying.
1: I don't know if you have a dog. Are you a dog on the bed or off the bed person?
0: I'm a cat on the bed, in the bed, in my mm-hmm. face, just.
1: Yeah. We have cats too. Yeah, yeah. I've always had dogs until cats, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, and cats will just go wherever they want. So it's like, don't get on the counter that, you know, no cats on the counter, but then you walk in you're like, Oh yeah, you're just right next to the salt and pepper because <laughs> you're disgusting. And by default now I am disgusting.
0: I have like kissed my cat's paws and I'm like, that was litter. Okay. That and-
1: was crunchy. That should not be <laughs> crunchy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Brent, was a bit, Look, noisy neighbors and maskless, somehow maskless people, uh, which has to do with something we learned this week. Let's get into the week. Why don't we? Uh, y'all, there's only a few things that stood out to me. I'm sure you guys were paying attention to the news. I don't care what you want to talk about. Here are the things that I want to talk about. This is The Week where. All right, this was a week where, here we go. We learned, speaking of maskless people, that among the lasting side effects from COVID-19 is erectile dysfunction. Uh, Yeah, the future is going to be rough for this country that's already had 14 million cases of it. If you think right-wing anti-maskers are mad now, just wait for the flags hanging off giant trucks that are just like, make my dick work again! You know, like, who's going to pay for my boner? Mexico! Like, that's where we're headed. <laughs> um, also, given that Rudy Giuliani now has COVID, uh, it's going to take him that much longer to tuck in his shirt. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm i a firm believer that now with the vaccine coming, we should also, there should be like a hint of Viagra in it just to like boost, or, and if you're a podcast listener, it would be blue Chew. Dot com. Uh, they don't sponsor the show, but it, uh, <laughs> just is that a, it,
0: is that an erectile dysfunction? I
1: think that's when you he- listen to podcasts. It's Blue Chew. Uh,
0: is that like Tiger? It's like the um, like the Tiger capsules they sell you at the gas station or whatever. Like the yeah,
1: it's it's Stacker Two, the world's strongest fat burner, and Blue Chew or whatever. But. Yeah, if they would have led like months ago, obviously it's hard to tell what the side effects are of COVID, but if they just would have opened with, oh, there's a thing in the, in the air that that you won't be able to get hard, you would have not been able to keep <laughs> masks in the store.
0: You should go up to someone, I mean, six feet, and be like, next t- time you see some guy without, and you could pull this off, of course. I could not. I would, uh, I would fear for my life, but just be like, what's up, bro? Oh, you know, you heard about the like, if you get COVID, your dick doesn't work. <laughs> like, just like, that's crazy, you know? Especially if you're quarantining with your partner. Like, although nobody's fucking, let's be real. Nobody has any, like, is it just me? Okay.
1: After the, after this many months, the, the cats after are this- on the <laughs> bed. There's no.
0: <laughs> Look, puzzle greater than having sex, okay? Uh, we're like, ooh, a thousand piece puzzle with nothing but butterflies, which I actually did. Um <laughs> All right, let's keep going. This was the week where D.C.'s Attorney General deposed Ivanka Trump for her role in helping Trump hotels potentially illegally overcharge the Trump Inaugural Committee in 2017 to the tune of a million dollars. Eric Trump Trump was also deposed for his role in the Trump organization and possibly shady finances. And now, I think as some people know, Trump is reportedly trying to get his children preemptive pardons. The thing is, You can't get a pardon unless you've been charged with something. Neither of them has been charged with anything. But Trump's the Trump's live so much in the game of monopoly. And they're so dumb. Of course, they think that like a get out of jail free card is a thing, you know, like at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if every time they pass a green light, they're like, where's my two hundred dollars? I pass. Go what? Oh, my God. Let's go back to Park Place. Ridiculous.
1: And you know, for uh, them, two hundred dollars is nothing.
0: So. No, not at all. And actually, I wanted to say that: Do you have you heard about the Trump hotel? Like the caliber of the Trump hotel? Uh, I have chain? not. There's so many good Yelp reviews of Trump hotels online. I encourage everyone to watch it, but or to look at them. But my favorite was so in D.C. This is the hotel that was overcharged for the inauguration, right? Um. One reviewer, this the Trump Hotel in D.C. has the worst reviews out of any Trump Hotel. One reviewer wrote, quote, the shrimp was rancid. It smelled like a sewer fluid placed under a heat lamp for 13 hours.
1: Oh my God. That. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is so on brand. Like the other thing was, I think in the Trump Hotel in New York, someone ordered a, um, uh, a dirty martini and it just came in like a margarita glass with a bunch of ice in it and, and like an olive floating.
1: And I'm sure it was literally a, in a dirty glass. They're like, oh, you wanted it dirty. So
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: that's been under the heat lamp with the shrimp.
0: My God, I don't know if they're going to get pardons. I mean, like what you can't get up. They're probably going to go out and actually try and shoot someone on Fifth Avenue to be like, now you can pardon me. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, It is. I mean, can't he just do it? Uh, do, does he have to go through a process to pardon people or can he just do that?
0: You have to have been convicted of something. Okay. Or yeah. Yeah. Charged. So, and I don't think he's even been charged with anything. There's investigations, you know, mm-hmm. and you know uh, like the Southern district of New York is working on his taxes and all that crap, but like they would do well to wait before they actually charge him with anything. Cause yeah, I don't think it works like a get out of jail free card.
1: Yeah. It's not like I've, uh, as a former Catholic, it's not like going out Saturday night knowing you're going to go to, you know, church the next morning to confession. Like you can't just be like, all right, we're going to live it up. And then just, (laughs) it's like an etch a sketch where you just can shake everything away.
0: Right, I'm sure he's saying that. You know what's the thing? Shakey, shake, go away.
1: They make the best etch a sketches.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I would fuck with an etch a sketch right now. It's been that long in like this pandemic. I would.
1: You've gone through the puzzles. Now we're on. Oh, we're
0: on to etch a sketch. We're definitely there. Um, all right. Two more stories for everybody. This was the week where we learned aliens appearing on Earth might, in fact, be the final hurrah for the year 2020 as a series of bizarre metal obelisks have been discovered around the country. One in Utah, one in Romania, and most recently one outside of San Luis Obispo in California. Um, is it an art installation? a marketing ploy for a remake of 2001 A Space Odyssey, or have the aliens who planted him on Earth as a prank finally opened up the portal back again for Donald Trump to return home? Uh, That's what I think. Um, For those who have not been following, uh, some people have been triggered by these monoliths or obelisks or whatever. Apparently a monolith is like made out of stone and it's not stone, so. Um, The one in Utah, get this Brent, was removed by by people who left the words by bitch written in the sand and a puddle of piss. <laughs> and then in California, a group of camel clad men removed the monolith and replaced it with a word with a wooden cross all while drinking energy drinks, chanting Christ is King and referencing QAnon and Trump. That is real. <laughs> like, how much do you have to hate Stanley Kubrick? Look, I get... Eyes wide shut was a little slow at the end, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like you gotta hate yourself an obelisk, you know? Um
1: like was that even a monolith? Was that even part of your vocabulary, your normal vocabulary until these things popped up? Cause for me, I-, I know obelisk, but I don't say that often. But I was like monolith, and then I had to Google it. I'm like, oh, so like Stonehenge or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, I'm also dumb, so that's that's the other thing. But right,
0: there's a it helps. Well, they the, obviously these people are like, I don't, I'm not curious enough to find out. Christ is king. Uh I just think it's funny that if aliens do come back, they're going to be greeted by a bunch of these like meat headed right wingers who are just going to be like, "Nah, you're fake news, little green man," and then their insides will just melt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully, if they have the phaser set to stun, if they have it set to melt, then they will melt. But yeah, it's a, it'll be so weird just with aliens come down and then they use the MAGA logic on aliens who don't care. They're you know
0: <laughs> maybe maybe it'll help us. Maybe they'll realize that we're not like smart enough to even run experiments on, and just be like, I don't know, we'll get out of here.
1: I mean, what do we think? Do, do we think this is an advertising thing? You think or some weird art thing that now everybody's doing is like planking but now it's monolithing <laughs> or whatever.
0: It's like yeah, it's the ice bucket challenge but like the monolith challenge.
1: I nominate some... myself for alien of the year or whatever. Like it's Yeah, so...
0: it's it's seriously not clear. They've been removed by like people who think that they're sacrilegious clearly. Mm-hmm. But it's either an art installation, it's my cynical mind is like, it's got to be a marketing thing. But like Romania is the weird one. Like San Luis Obispo and Utah are not that far apart. Mm-hmm. You could drive that. You could that.
1: coordinate that. Yeah.
0: But Romania is like the one where you're like, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah I would be interested to see if they're all very similar in material. Because from afar, it's just like, oh, there's a really big refrigerator. Stainless steel refrigerator, you know. <laughs> so now I want to see if you it's see like You see what we wanted to see, Brent.
0: <laughs> Um yeah, it looks like one of those very nice like in like people who've got really nice kitchens, like their fridge, like a very pelosi fridge. Mm-hmm. Super shiny. It's got one of the like the the drawer freezers that pull out, you know. You got you got one of those?
1: It's not stainless steel, but came with the house. So let's relax. It's not like we went out and <laughs> bought that. But I I will act like I do have a drawer freezer. That's the kind of personality I've just adopted. So
0: Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And you got Elvira in the background. That's true. That's that's on brand drawer freezer. Um uh, all right. One one wait, did I finish the stories? Oh, yeah. One final story. This was the week where a federal judge ordered that the DACA program must resume receiving applications from immigrants seeking citizenship because it was ended by an acting Department of Homeland Security head, Chad Wolf, who the judge said was unlawfully appointed to his position. Um, Chad Wolf had said before that DACA was, quote, made up out of thin air, which is ironic because, in fact, it's Chad Wolf that himself is just made up out of thin air. Um, and now that we are reestablishing DACA, I want to repropose something that in my show broke, we talked about, which is the program Daha, Deport Assholes ASAP. Um, it's basically like a prisoner swap program where or like a... People swap program, you know, like we give them Fox News pundits and QAnon believers, and they give us like, you know, mothers and their children, and like, uh, you know, lots of pupusas mm-hmm. It's a very good trade.
1: I think we could do that with the aliens. <laughs> they come, we just nominate as tribute, <laughs> Tucker Carlson
0: yeah oh my god they would you know what they would do they would like replicate him and then send him back or like make a whole planet of tucker carlson's
1: Ooh, that sounds like a rick and morty episode waiting to happen (laughs) just the tucker carlson planet yes
0: just shaped like an actual bow tie um (laughs) nobody gets laid it's a good time um
1: drawer freezers everywhere
0: But tons of drawer freezers. You need it because it'll be hot, I think. And now we're going to pivot. We're going to do a little bit of a left turn here, Brent. I hope you'll stay. Uh, We're going to get real and get serious and talk about U.S. foreign policy. Um, This is The Sitch. I'm ready
1: for
0: this. That's so upbeat. He is a prominent Middle East expert who teaches history at the University of Michigan, and he is a proprietor of the news and commentary site, Informed Comment, which is so good. You guys have to follow it. Uh, His books include The New Arabs, Engaging the Muslim World, and Muhammad, Prophet of Peace Amid the Clash of Empires. Ooh! Please welcome writer and historian, Juan Cole. Hello. Hey, Juan. How are you?
2: Just fine. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for being here. Have you seen Brent's videos?
2: Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. I, I haven't gotten to those.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I haven't read any of your work either, so we'll just call it even. <laughs> no disrespect, no,
2: Dr. Cole. Well, we <laughs> have a lot of time on our hands these days because of COVID, so there's, there's hope yet. Yes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Brent's going to read your new book. You're going to watch his new special out this week. Call it even. Everyone's going to learn something. Um, well, I'm so glad you're here because we... Don't always get a chance to talk about foreign policy because of, you know, the dumpster fire that this country is. It gives us enough to work with. Um, But I'm super curious, right? Final lap Trump on the foreign policy front and the things that he is doing, uh, like, um, I guess. okay, yes, I guess. Let me let me just zoom out before we talk about final lap Trump and ask you, what do you feel like the lasting impacts of Trump um, in the world will be? in terms of our foreign policy in the last four years? What's been going on? What haven't we been talking about? How do we get out of it? Or or what are we going to be stuck with in the next few years?
2: Well, I think Trump has done enormous damage to our credibility. Uh, You know, uh, countries are not people. that They don't have friends. Uh, Harry Truman said, if you want a friend in Washington, buy a dog. Uh, and uh, so it's not like uh, relationships matter in that personal way uh, so much. But it is also the case uh, that countries have track records and people think well or think poorly of a country over time. So when uh, President Obama drew a line in the sand and said, if Syria uses chemical weapons, uh, we're, we're going to bomb the Jews out of them. Uh, he didn't feel comfortable reacting when Syria actually did that right. uh, by going alone. So he went to David Cameron, a, the prime minister of the UK, and, and and Cameron went to the the British parliament and said, can we get permission to do something uh, to respond to Syria's use of gas on on civilians? And the parliament said, oh, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. We have seen this picture in 2003 weapons of mass destruction, Middle Eastern regimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like Jurassic Park, right? It starts with, oh, and then, then it turns into screams. So they, <laughs> they, they said, no, no, we're not going to do that. And, and so Obama was left hanging there in the wind. He, yeah. had no, he had no UK support. Well, I think Trump has done to us in spades what Bush did to us with regard to our credibility. So now yeah. we're, we're going to want to get back into uh, the nuclear deal with Iran, try to restrain it in various ways. Uh, one of the quid pro quos for that is that we'll want to lift sanctions and mm-hmm. allow Iran to trade with the world and have investment. And actually, that, in my view, would be good because countries that are tightly entangled in the world trade and and, and finance and and so forth. Are then open to pressure about behaving in certain ways. Yeah. No. Um, so, uh, the, the, how are they going to trust us that we're actually going to be beyond Biden Biden's four years? Why would you Why would you make a plan with the United States?
0: Yeah, especially when we sort of lightweight support I- Israel or not Israel or probably most likely Israel murdering scientists in Iran. Um. I want to talk about Iran in a little bit, but I am. I just think it's really interesting to compare Obama and Trump. I'm mean, Trump is someone who doesn't give a shit about going alone, uh, who who relishes in sort of being alone in the wind, as you said, and who actually is someone who we haven't really talked about the ways that he's ratcheted up a lot of the drone strikes and the targeted assassinations because it seems. Like maybe not the first thing on our minds when we con- it comes to Trump, because again, it's putting we're putting out so many fires here in the U.S. But he has actually increased the number of dr- drone strikes and the amount of um, assassinations. Is that is, am I correct in saying that?
2: Yes, uh, significantly, uh, it's become a major tool of the U.S. Uh, both drone strikes and bombings uh, from, uh, from 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 the air. Uh, but to be fair, uh, Obama did also do a lot of that. Uh, sure. not, not, right. not to this extent, but no, uh, of course, it's not a new a new arrow in, in the U.S. quiver. But, but Trump liked to bomb stuff. Uh, he, he dropped that huge. Uh, they called it the mother of all bombs on Afghanistan uh, soon after he got in, uh, and he, he started talking like Saddam Hussein. You know, Saddam Hussein without the uniform, uh, and uh, uh, then uh, he bombed uh, Syria. And uh, but it's with with Trump, it was always just one off was like it was hmm, like right. a spectacle and then there was never any follow through
0: yeah. uh,
2: and uh and then the, the, when you turn around he would say well, let's get out of afghanistan now that we bombed it or or, or let's get out of syria which 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 he did and and threw the kurds under the bus uh, right so um so the, the 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 thing that was distinctive about trump with regard to drone strikes and aerial strikes is not that he was so different from obama although he did i think loosen the rules of engagement, Uh, but that it wasn't part of a well-thought-out strategy. You couldn't see what was on the other side of the strike. And often there was nothing. It was bombaster. He went went back to watching Fox TV
0: and tweeting. Totally, just to say that he had done it. I think it's a really interesting moment, right, because during um, one thing that wasn't there under Trump and almost a... At once a frightening thing and also an encouraging thing, if I can even say that, was that there was no twinkle in Trump's eye that maybe the U.S. was the good guy. In fact, the U.S. in turn for him, we were the bad guys. We're the bad guys. It's okay to be the bad guys. Bush didn't have that we did heinous things under the Bush administration, but we were always supposedly on the side of good. We're spreading democracy, we're helping topple a dictator, et cetera. Same thing with Obama, you know, we're funding these areas, we're striking targetedly, but we're the good guy, we're all the, Trump is like, no, 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 we're not the good guys. We don't wanna be the good guys, we're bad, we're evil, fear us. And in- And like, part of me is like, yeah, That's actually what we do. We are like that. But also not having the veneer of a superpower, a military superpower that even pretends to try to do good, I thought was staring into an abyss that I don't love.
2: Yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, uh, Certainly Trump is amoral. Uh, Right. And uh, he's transactional. He does things be, first of all because they benefit him. He actually gave an interview uh, that he, his foreign policy towards Turkey would be difficult for him because he has those hotels in Istanbul, and <laughs> the Turkish government could just withdraw their licenses at will. So he openly admitted in this radio interview, I've heard his, I've heard it, uh, uh, that uh, he's so transactional that he might well you know throw us policy under the bus just for the sake of his hotels and uh uh and, and I think he did that
0: <laughs> he followed through on it despite the bad Yelp reviews <laughs> despite the shrimp smelling like sewer water uh he wants more of that um let me ask you then about biden right um and some of the uh, the folks that he's put into high places and what you think we can expect um he has said that he wants to enter the new the uh, iran deal again as you mentioned early on which is good um he's also nominated secretary of state uh, anthony blinken to the head to be yeah to be secretary of state um and anthony blinken is has sort of like a checkered past he like you know he seems like an internationalist and someone who like believes in a multipolar world and doesn't want to be the hegemon. He you know, was on Sesame street talking about refugees and things like that. Um, but he was for the invasion of Libya, which to be honest with you, I mean, I mean, I think hindsight and maybe even foresight was a bad idea. Um, he was for the troop surge in Afghanistan. Now we're what 20 plus years on in that war that needs to end. Um, what are your thoughts on Anthony Blinken and And interestingly, actually, I just want to point out that Biden himself wasn't for those things. He, I think, was against the troop surge in Afghanistan, against the war in Libya. How do you think that might play out?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, I have to say, to begin with, that uh, I'm uh, significantly to the left of uh, of Biden and his team. Um, But um, this is uh, uh, nevertheless... uh, a welcome return to you know uh corporate democratic norm normalcy. Uh, sure, <laughs> it, it a, give me the I sort of got at the end there, I was like, I'm like, give yeah. me the neoliberals. Oh,
0: yeah. I love it. Oh, give me the I
2: neoliberals. Mean, I mean, it's like, you know, after you've dealt with zombies, then just everyday ordinary like bourgeois imperialists, that that that's a relief, you know, at least they're not gonna <laughs> eat your brain. Uh, so uh, uh, I, I think what I would say about uh, Blinken, uh, a- Anthony Blinken, and, and his uh, his policies are, first of all, he isn't he is a liberal internationalist. He's he's not a, um, a, a an isolationist like Trump, uh, and right. I think he'll try to rebuild uh, relationships with uh, with Europe. And uh, I, I think. Um, oh and he's very good on the climate crisis which uh for me that covers a multitude of sins because mm-hmm. i think it it's our our number one existential crisis and blinken actually called it that uh and i, I, I think it wasn't terrorism yeah yeah it was <laughs> well it wasn't going to you know drain our economy or or whatever uh, so um uh he's good on on, on climate and um he was part of Obama's hope to pivot the United States away from overinvestment in the Middle East, uh, which, frankly, you know, is not going to be very important in 15 years because we're all going to be driving electric cars and the Saudis are going to have to find something else to do in life. Uh, so, uh,
0: it, Not if they can pull us into a war.
2: Yeah, well, that's a different kind that. of industry. But uh, but Obama was determined to uh, move us to ASEAN to you know the Pacific Rim. We do a, a, like a trillion and a half dollars in trade a, a year with the Pacific Rim, and Obama thought it's crazy to to be all invested in the Middle East where the real action was out there, uh, being from Hawaii and all uh, he he could smell right. the sea breezes and and Blinken was part of that. Uh, so um, you know the things that worry me in Middle East policy about Blinken is. Um, he he is the nephew of a holocaust survivor uh and he has strong israel commitments yeah uh, I, I think he's a a decent man and i don't think that you can say he he doesn't care anything about the Palestinians in the way that you can say that about trump and and friedman and kushner. And, and, and kushner and uh and all those uh and and, and pompeo. So I, I think that, you know, he'll push the Israelis to negotiate uh, in a, in a um, more serious way than they have been. But on the other hand, he doesn't want the U.S. to use its aid to Israel as, as a stick. Yeah. Uh, to force the Israelis into negotiations with the Palestinians. I don't understand that. I do if you're giving people $4 billion a year. Why can't you expect them, like, to behave? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, uh, so uh, that that troubles me. I, I think the Palestinians, you know, are perpetually just screwed from the point of view of American policy. I don't think they're going to be tremendously better off under this administration, unfortunately.
0: Right. Brent, do you think your character is for or against U.S. invasion abroad? Uh,
1: you could have just stopped at, after invasion, and I would have said, yes, he's for invasion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because, I mean, one interesting thing is that, you know, Trump really did. I think Trump and Obama stood out as people who were not interventionists. Right. Like Trump said, like, you know, his his rationale for not going into Iraq was we should have taken all the oil. Like, why would we invade if we were only going to get some, you know, what some bullshit, you know, fascist thing he said. But it is we are kind of we've turned this page where like it's hugely unpopular to be like, we're the world's police. Let's go in and, you know, do, do, you know, spread democracy, but, but, um, and dig ourselves into a tr- trillions of dollars of debt. Um, and I feel like my worry is that Democrats have not gotten that memo that me- Democrats are like, no, we, s- we, we establish our supremacy and our righteousness by helping out. <laughs> I don't know where, <laughs> like not Hong Kong, but they won't go to Hong Kong. We you know, s- pick a country, Right doubling down in somalia now that the troops are gone let's triple that yeah somalia that's the one let's 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 not start with somalia fuck um uh but anyway uh let's see i wanted i'm like looking at all my questions what um i have one yes
1: brant please dr cole what what are some of the big things that uh biden's gonna have to reverse over like you obviously you mentioned climate change but what are the big things that he's going to have to overturn to quote unquote, right the ship.
2: Right. Well, um, he has to get back into the nuclear deal with Iran. That's a biggie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, I I think, uh, you know, he, he has to let Vladimir Putin know that, you know, you can't go around invading countries and taking over their territory. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he has to, you know, Trump never had anything bad to say about Vladimir Putin. He could do whatever he wanted. Uh, and in fact, uh, all, all that uh, Trump saw in Ukraine was an opportunity to to get the Bidens. <laughs> uh, he didn't care anything about like there being covert troops in Eastern Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine. Right. So um, right. so I, I think uh, uh That's going to be an important task. Uh, And I think, you know, convincing Europe that we we care about their security is an issue. Uh, So uh, those would be big changes. If if you you could get the United States serious about climate, uh, and really, you know, it depends partly on whether the Democrats can get the Senate, because a lot of things will depend on legislation, but a lot can be done now. About a third of our laws are executive orders, so the president can do things. Right, uh, and then and a especially lot
0: of, when it comes to foreign policy, it's like so, sort of the area we have the most, for better or worse, like leeway to right the ship. In fact,
2: yeah, and then I think uh, you know again, Trump let uh, Turkey invade Syria and tr- uh, pulled the troops out, and, and then just threw the Kurds who had been fighting ISIL. For us, under the bus completely, uh, hundreds of thousands were displaced. And I mean, we, you, n- nobody could be screwed more than the Kurds were in this in this deal. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Biden and, and Blinken are gonna have to repair some of that. Although uh, Blinken is very close to Ankara, so I don't know exactly how that's going to work.
0: Interesting, yeah. I mean, this is, I think, a bigger question and maybe you wanna just you know, spitball with it because I think, um, Every time, you know, you say like, well, we have to, you know, a, a little bit, let Putin know, like, homie, stay in your lane. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't just do the shit you're doing. You know, you can't, like, interfere in elections across the world and invade countries and sovereign nations just willy-nilly. Yeah, But you can't say that without being like, you know, someone on the left calling you an imperialist and someone saying you're for intervention. And I think there is a difference between being a progressive isolationist or progressive, someone who doesn't believe in, you know, bombing and intervening and a Trumpian populism, um, which is highly racist and xenophobic. It's the Tucker Carlson, you know, whatever his line was about Iraqis where he was just completely racist. Like, oh, we shouldn't have invaded because they're monkeys or something like this. Um, But broad stroke, like, What do you think the role of the United States in the world should look like when it comes to um, conflict?
2: Well, I I think the United States is a superpower and uh, whether that's a good thing or or a bad thing, it's it's a true thing. And um, I think uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, So uh, I I think, you know, if, if the US never ever intervenes anywhere, bad things will happen and i i don't think it it should be intervening everywhere all the time right i i think it should obey international law like the, right. the thing that was wrong with the iraq war you know apart from it being a, a complete disaster in the way it turned out uh, you know, it, it, but it wouldn't have been all right if it hadn't been, right? So it was it was contrary right. to the United Nations Charter, the Geneva Conventions. That, that, yeah, I just think the United States should, should obey international law and it should expect other countries to obey international law. So let's not have any invasions in, of countries and overthrow of governments and, and, and that kind of thing, anyway, has been shown to squander trillions of dollars which we don't even have anymore you know the United States is is, is economically in, in bad shape it's uh, We're broke. It, it, well it, it, our, our national debt now exceeds our national uh, uh, GDP that mm-hmm. if if the dollar weren't a reserve currency the world would just pull out. Uh, of, of investing in the United States under these circumstances. We're like a banana republic uh, that way. So th- this idea that we should spend trillions of dollars going and invading someplace and, I don't know, whipping into shape or taking its oil or whatever it might be, we don't even, I mean, nobody's going to want oil in 10 years. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, know, can't I, I, argue, I can't I would wait. I can't wait. I would argue for restraint. Well, the bad news is, Francesca, is that there's little no lithium.
0: <laughs> Fuck. I knew there was something. <laughs> I mean so to that end the fact that we're in debt I also think there's been a lot of ratcheting uh, of of violence and rhetoric against China and at this point in order to wage a war against China we'd have to ask China for the money which puts (laughs) us in a really weird position (laughs) like please (laughs) Um, what are your thoughts on how to de-escalate or where do we go um, from here in terms of relations with China I mean I'm just like, as a personal note, like my mom's Chinese and she works with like an organization that, you know, tries to build ties between the Chinese population and the American population because we're, the, we, we are so fucking distant from one another. I mean, um, not that there's not a huge Asian American and Chinese population here, but like there's just so much misunderstanding. There's just a lot of like, a lot of veiled understanding, a lot of racism, blah, blah, blah.
2: Right. Well, you know, I, I think Trump's rhetoric towards uh, China has been extremely unfortunate and towards Chinese, uh, as you know, uh, has been extremely uh, uh, unfortunate. And uh, uh, I actually, you know, I, I think the current president of China, Xi, uh, is, has unfortunate tendencies. He,
0: he
2: uh, He's president a president for a, life. He's a neo. Yeah. And they weren't, you know, for a while there, you could imagine China gradually opening up and and maybe becoming slightly more democratic. And it's not that it's a totalitarian society, you know, they're afraid of their workers. just like governments are afraid all around the world. They can't just make policy out of thin air, but, uh, uh, he, he is a neo-Maoist and he's, he's taken the, the country in a very authoritarian direction, yeah. you know, kid, kidnapping people in Hong Kong and, uh, um, uh, uh, and then sort of-
0: Uyghur camps.
2: Uyghur camps. I mean, massive uh, re-education camps for an entire ethnic group. And then building artificial islands uh, n- nearby to uh, to the Philippines with an eye, 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 an eye towards grabbing, you know, uh, oceanic real estate uh, and, uh, and encroaching on, on Japan and, and, and so forth. So, you know, the, the China is also acting out uh, and um, it's not. I, I certainly don't think the United States is always the good guy here. Uh, but uh, I think the Biden team actually will probably handle China well. I, I think that yeah. they'll they'll do diplomacy with Xi. They'll try to come to some agreements about about certain things. Uh, and it won't be this kind of um, bedroom drama that uh, Trump always had going on. Of that one day he's praising Xi and, and, and kissing his behind, and the next day. You know the the horrible Chinese communists are the worst thing in the world, and he's going to slap it's them with sanctions. Flu. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I can only imagine what what the Politburo in Beijing was thinking as they watched this unfold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or just you know, I've had someone say to my face that the COVID was developed in a China in a lab in China, and I'm just like, what? Like, it's just like we're beyond when it comes to China. But I think what I'm what I am getting, this is very simple. I don't mean to boil it down to this simplicity, but a little bit of a like lead by example. Like if you show a little bit of reverence for diplomacy, if you show reverence to the UN, then suddenly other countries will also feel like, well, fuck, now I got to do that. You know, Um rather than kind of a, whoever can be a strong man, because it's only a matter of time. If we're led by someone like Trump before these spinning strong men just start to clash into one another. And yeah, Hey, look, uh, we, we, we could happen. We still have look 2024, you know, it might Trump might try it again and, or he might never leave. Um, one, one last thing before you go, what are you, are you scared at all by, you know, Trump firing these. I was gonna start off with the segment asking you about final lap Trump. You know, final lap Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning. Dope. Um, final lap Trump is firing the Pentagon, Pentagon officials, and hollowing out the State Department even more. And like, what is he doing? Is he trying to actually? Is he gonna surround himself with tanks and not leave?
2: Oh no, uh, he'll he'll leave. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> What he's doing is trying to sabotage Biden. Uh, There are certain policies that Trump and the Trumpese in the government, uh, Pompeo and others, are really devoted to. Mm -hmm. And uh, they know that, as you said, the president has wide latitude in foreign policy, that Biden could come in and just reverse all of this. Uh, And um, what they're trying to do is to put in place policies uh, and regulations that will make it harder for Biden to overturn things. Uh, so they're squirreled away, writing regulations, establishing precedents, making orders. And, you know, if, if Biden comes in and selling tries to reverse, weapons. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. To to the UAE. And uh, is, if, if Biden comes in and tries to reverse these things on day one, uh, they can go to court. Uh, because in in America is Anglo Saxon law, which is precedent and custom. So if something has been set in train, it's hard to overturn it. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then uh, taking out uh, Moss and Fahrizadeh in Iran in hopes that the Iranians will overreact or that they'll be mad and they won't come back and play nice with Biden. Uh, th- basically, what we're seeing is, is two months of sabotage. Right. And it really makes you think whether. We, we might not change the system where there's so much time between the election and the inauguration, uh, which is unlike any you know uh, other uh, uh, democratic country, uh, and um, uh, it, there shouldn't be time for this kind of sabotage, which yeah. not all re- not all pre- administrations engage in. But but why should they have the opportunity?
0: Yeah, you get a form. You lost your election. You get a form. Here's ten slots for who you want to pardon. Two last things you want to do. One slot for like, what do you want to take from the White House? You can take one thing. You want the bust of uh George Washington? That's cool. Like, just take it. You know, you want that candle holder? You can have it. But just a form. You got four days to fill it out, and then you're gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we <laughs> Which should, moving company do, do you <laughs> want it? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Dr. Juan Cole, thank you so much for joining us. Um. This is great. everyone, please follow informed comment. Um, you know I I get informed comment as an RSS feed <laughs> no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. Uh, all, everything they publish and every all the contributors are wonderful. So please read that if you care about. US. foreign policy from a uh, principled left perspective. Um, and yeah, thanks for joining us. Please come back.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: All right, take care. And Brent, we've got one more segment, Breddy.
1: Yeah, I let's said do it. I
0: said bruddy like bro and buddy
1: That's all right yeah I'll be your Breddy
0: Be my Bradddy <laughs> um all right so in the spirit of the holidays uh I'm trying to remember what our segment was oh yes in the spirit of the holidays there is a line there's a thing that right wingers and Fox and Friends specifically and just fluff pieces in you know right wing news spheres love to do and say which is there is a war on Christmas. God damn it, there's a war on Christmas. Um, uh, Starbucks cups don't say Merry Christmas anymore. They say Happy Holidays. Uh, it's not, people aren't spelling out Christmas with Christ. They're just putting an X. It's mm-hmm. X Mass. Oh my God. So I want to know how can we just finally do this? Let's win this war on Christmas once and for all. If the right thinks there's a war, fuck yeah. Let's give them a war. So this is winning the war on Christmas. Yo, I'm a, I'm an anti-war person just generally. This is like the only war that I actually believe in.
1: I, uh, I'm pro cola wars. I'm pro <laughs> war on Christmas and console wars. If you're a video gamer, I'm all for those wars.
0: We're on Twitch. So yes, I don't know what that means, but sounds cool.
1: Yeah. I, when I say check us out on Twitch, I don't, I don't know what that is either. So
0: console wars, um, all right, so I've got a few ideas for how we can really win this war. I think ju- these are just things that we need to do and mostly just trigger the right uh, in addition to all the monoliths that are appearing. Mm-hmm. If you can't build a monolith, try to try to seal the war on Christmas. Um, okay, hang on. I had some ideas. Where are, Where are they? Where are they? I have one. All right, please.
1: I think uh, here's the big one. I'm going to, you know, this is the big one and it's going to get less creative from here, but I think okay. we should all have nativity scenes on our front lawn and if you look close it's it's of course uh joseph but then if you look across the manger it's also joseph you have two dads yes in the nativity scene.
0: I love that actually I want and, them that that sounds yeah.
1: And if Jesus could be another race opposite like if it's two white dads and then we could have an adopted kid i think we should do that
0: yes. no it's definitely going to be a mixed race couple like interracial yeah. couple and like an adopted baby of a third race
1: <laughs> um. and just never mention it and just let people find it because i don't think yes. you should go to other people's nativity scenes and switch it out because that you shouldn't mess with other people's stuff but sure, you sure, definitely sure. set your own nativity scene up
0: what do you think your barky neighbors would do if you did that in your yard? They'd probably
1: have their, send their dog. They'd release the hounds <laughs> and it would not be such a silent night because they would just <laughs> be, and they probably wouldn't pick up on my front lawn. So
0: um, I love that. Okay. Let's see. I have some idea. I think it should, instead of Chris, Chris mass, it should be Chris Mex. Like a gender neutral, like Latinx, Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? You know? Um, and you know, that'd be let's just float that Christmas because Christmas is um is gendered. Um for the Latino atheists out there, why is it Christmas? It should be Christ menos or Christ menos. So <laughs> we should just call it Christ menos.
1: Um I think it saying Christmas in uh in any way other than a uh, an american accent is good so if you say christmas yes the, they Chris, get so mad.
0: melania already says christmas
1: mm-hmm. but she doesn't so give I, a shit about christmas to be honest and
0: she fucking hates christmas she is single-handedly waged a war on christmas for four years now um i like to be honest like i don't know any any other thoughts i'm like
1: uh, I think, you know, if you could say ha- anything but Christmas. So happy holidays. I would also elect us if we could say happy holidays for the hoes out here, you know. Um, I don't know who the hoes are in particularly, but uh,
0: shout uh, out, sound off in the comments if you a hoe,
1: <laughs> which is totally fine with us. Uh, maybe <laughs> if we could somehow get, uh, you know, those reusable cups, but they all say happy holidays. So if you like take your McDonald's drink and then dump it into the happy holidays, Tervis cup or whatever you have, I think that we could own these Republican. I always love how people want to own. Let's own these libs. Oh, you got me with your hat. You showed me by buying some merch.
0: Yeah. Wow. Look at how big the, the lettering is on that hat. I think it's what's really funny is. So I'm I'm dating a Jew and I think a lot of Jewish families like just celebrate Christmas because it's already just about consumerism and like twinkly lights, (laughs) which like if you're actually fairly religious, you should probably have a problem with the rampant consumerism that has bastardized your holiday. Not the fact Mm -hmm. that people are saying happy holidays and being more inclusive, but you like they're definitely Christmas trees that are just full of like Jewish things like little menorahs and little dreidels. Like I've seen that that's like a perfectly normal California Jew or maybe any like, like Jewish family thing to do Mm -hmm. Christmas tree menorah, like obviously not super religious Jewish family, but like my boyfriend's family, like loves Christmas and is Jewish. I think just that would ruin Fox and friends. Like Steve Ducey's brain would implode. Like, Megyn Kelly obviously would freak out because you know Santa's white, mm-hmm. Santa's white. Um, and he yeah, drinks I,
1: Coke that was originally, you know, whenever you see Sandy's got Coke, I want to make it a Pepsi. <laughs> yes. I'm if gonna we, get so pissed would, at me. Pepsi,
0: yes, that's absolutely uh, that actually would trigger them just drinking Pepsi and making it a Pepsi holiday. What are just like uh, or like uh.
1: I do like your, you know, your Jewish Christmas tree because that's very much my character. Cause it looks one way. And then if you somehow zoom in or pay attention for a second, then you're like, what, hold on. Cause you know, if it's just full of menorahs or whatever, you know, <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. By the way, um, Brent, you also have like, you have a store and you sell some of you sell merch too. So don't be so high and mighty about the merch thing. No, but you I'm have not. A- Okay, good. Cuz you've got a holiday sweater that's fucking hilarious. It says it's Merry Christmas, not Adam and Steve.
1: <laughs> I just love anytime you can work Adam and Steve and anything. It's so funny to me. <laughs> just, it's like- it's, it's, uh, it's Coke, not Adam and Steve. Like just Right right.
0: right. Or um uh like w- oh god, what's a good It's for Trump month, not Adam and Steve. Yeah, it's it's uh for all intents and purposes, not Adam and Steve. <laughs>
1: It's an escape goat, not Adam and Steve.
0: <laughs> Please work in Adam and Steve into any sentences uh, from now on. Just try to do it. Uh, I love that. I love correcting someone and just adding Adam and Steve.
1: <laughs> and yeah, if your correction is also worse than, than what you were correcting, is always <laughs> funnier.
0: Well, it's such gold Brent. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you have a good rest of your year and I hope aliens don't come back or a monolith appears in your yard.
1: Maybe. Well, if the neighbors have keep up with their, with their shit over there, I'm going to put a monolith over there (laughs) and thank you for having me. I want to wish everybody in the comments and everybody listening. Happy holidays.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Brent, come back on the show. Be well. Thanks so much for joining us. Ah, and thank you for being here. Um, it's been another great episode. Oh my god, I learned so much. I laughed. I didn't get to all of your chats, and I apologize for that. But uh, let me take a moment right now. Um, Brad Goser says, just have Ice arresting Mary and taking baby Jesus away. Mm, that's just too real. Too real. Uncle Phil 2K again. We should have three wise trans men. Love, love that idea. Andrew Martin says, two dads and a black baby Jesus. Absolutely. Of course. Let's do it. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for donating to the show. TBR-Live on Venmo. TBR-Live on Cash App. Um, that will be changing in the new year. We've got some announcements for 2021. So I hope you guys stick around. Thank you for subscribing and being here. And thank you to the producer, uh, Becca Roofer, who is the w- most wonderful and most loveliest producer in all the land. And also to Dorsey Shaw and Kelly Carey, who help us on the back end over there, at YouTube. And if you guys are listening as a podcast, rate this podcast, give it five stars, just do it. Write a little something sweet. You know, I read it. Um, and remember, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Don't just bitch. Don't just bitch. Don't just bitch like like this guy did in Georgia.
2: But that's why OSOS donations come from Silicon Valley, San Francisco, and the other liberal places, and they don't come from Georgia. This is not your fault. I know you. You're with me. I'm with you. We've always had wins from primaries to two elections. We won two elections, believe it or not. I think I won the second one by more than I won the first one. I do, right? Bill, I won the second one by more.
0: Oh, God. The king of denial. Um, everyone was maskless in that crowd. You didn't win by more, uh, homie. You didn't win. You're lost. You're a loser. Goodbye.